are back. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hello, Tay. Hello, hello. Hi. How you been? You know, I'm good. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, very excited for this episode. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm curious, actually, now that you said that. What's your like the f- your favorite thing you've watched in the past week? Well, I watched- and it can be anything. It doesn't even need to be anything we're, we're talking about today. I'm just well, so I watched it a little over a week ago, and oh, baby, how the tides have turned. <laughs> Um, I feel ashamed, but it, I, I'm going to say it with my chest, uh, uh-huh. Beef on Netflix, it was one of the best things I've literally ever seen. That's that's like such a, like, we watch a lot of things. A lot. And so that's like a, that's high praise. I mean, I basically pitched it to one of my friends by being like, the thing about this that's really special, um, again, this is pre a lot of the stuff that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. I'm just so curious. But about just why. in general, uh, I, you know, said the thing about this is really special is that one, like Asian representation, like there aren't very many things where you get an ensemble cast of, of, of entirely Asian actors and characters, number one. Um, number two, in the instances that you do, nine times out of 10, you get a few kind of archetypes of like Asian Americans or like first generation um, or, you know, uh, immigrant experiences. But like very rarely do you get like, here are like all of these different like types of archetypes and like we're going to truly flesh them out. Like this had a stereotypical, like kind of crazy rich Asian, but like there was more to her than just like spending money. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. like the weight of being a first generation from two different perspectives. Um, And what, you know, what does it mean to be the oldest sibling or what does it mean to be, you know, like someone who, uh, you know, your parents have sacrificed these things. And so you're carrying like the weight of their dreams on your shoulders um cross-generational cross like all of these different like representations were there and i think that what makes this different than the other few instances that like people tried to say well what about everything everywhere all at once and i was like no that's like a perspective of one family and like yeah like there's three different people you know and they're all different but like Mm -hmm. that's like one family and the same thing with the farewell right like that's kind of like one family um one vantage point um, and this really does a great job at like looking at all these different experiences, fleshing it out. And I was like, whoever was out here in that writer's room really said every single plot point will have resolution. Like nothing <laughs> fell off, nothing got left behind. You um, gotta love when a show does that, like oh, sticks the landing. <laughs> and very rarely does it feel like they do. Cause you know, you and I watch a lot of stuff and it's really easy for us to be like, I enjoyed that, but like I remember that one time that y'all set this thing up in episode two, mm-hmm. and then you just forgot about it. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at you, Sam Levinson, like <laughs> Euphoria. <laughs> Nate has another brother. Where is that? Where is he at? You know what I mean? Um, the people, well, <laughs> the North remembers. Um, but yeah, this didn't do that, and I I think the performances were great. Um, Rooting for Junie uh, to get an Emmy, baby Junie, uh, breakout star. Um, yeah, she was she was giving, she was giving <laughs> out the realness, and I was obsessed. But uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm so glad. Obviously, we're going to talk about the show a little more, but I just 
and I, I like was so curious. What um, have you watched that you've enjoyed? I've just hogged all this time. I, I mean, I, I would say like the freshest thing on my mind mm-hmm. um, would be Succession. Okay. Um, just because I'm, cur- I'm just currently watching it. Yeah. Um, and if you watch Succession, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody listening to this pod, but like this season has been insane. And they did something this season um, so early with a character that I was like, I did not see coming. Um, and it's, I'm like still thinking about it because it was just like peak TV. Peak TV. Peak. Best, best. <laughs> on I that note know what you're talking about and yeah, well, I, I didn't want to spoil it i didn't want to like, is it spoil a spoiler it like i don't even watch that i don't even like i said white succession i don't even watch it <laughs> um <laughs> watch it's kind it. of a spoiler if i say it um is it yeah it okay. is okay um okay, but on that note today uh we are talking about we're basically doing a state of the union for streaming Um, a lot of the reasons why we're doing this, um, is the past, I mean, I feel like the past, like two months has been filled with news that I'm like, now, why are they doing that? Why are they doing this? Now, why are they doing this? Yes. So, so a lot of things we're going to cover today, um, has to do with, um, all of our favorite streaming platforms, uh, where streaming is going. Uh, the looming writer strike that is mm-hmm. on the horizon and will affect what you and your aunties are watching. Unless um, you're a reality TV girly like me, blood. <laughs> the storylines on the reality shows will be less fleshed out. They'll make a little less sense, but that's okay. Okay, the writers' rooms of reality shows will be like, here's your starting point. Best of luck to y'all. <laughs> Wait, does it count if I watch? Um, Stuff like House Hunters and House Shows. Yeah. Because that's my reality TV. Those are scripted. So, uh, but again, (laughs) again, the scripts, the scripts are not going to be that impacted. It's going to just be a little bit more improv-y than you're used to. Uh, But yeah, we'll largely be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, I mean, a lot of the things we're covering today um, is to try to wrap our heads around what streaming is doing and where it's going. Um, and also touch on some overall deals and that we feel like also has an impact on how the business of streaming is currently operating or yeah. will operate post, let's say, rider strike or something like that. Um, so I guess we could start with the state of the, the most popular streaming out there. Yeah. And yep. that would Big be ball. Netflix. The flicks. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, you know, honestly, I am not in TV anymore. So I feel like I can say this without being like my job. But a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these, the news around these streaming services just feel like it's like, ooh, it's giving clown show. Like it's giving spaghetti <laughs> and And they've not talked to a single consumer about what it is that they're doing, or they don't have anyone combing tweets to see what general in real time sentiment is. Which is crazy because like it's so readily available. The data is there, it's free. Taylor and- is the queen of data. She will <laughs> Google something so quick. <laughs> I'm like, and, you, and if they want to pay me to, to read the data, I will do that. I'll write you a cute little uh, analysis. 
but no one has had more to say about a single streaming service. It feels like in the past like few days than Netflix. Um, there's a lot Absolutely. going on. So maybe why don't we start? And I feel like you are a little uh, resident TV business scholar. Um, <laughs> you should start by talking about like what was Netflix planning to do this year? Because last year, you know, they talked about a lot of changes. And have those changes gone into effect? Have you noticed them? Would the average person notice them? What mm-hmm. What does 2023 at Netflix look like? And how, how do you think that's going for them? Yeah, I mean, I guess to, to really like spring this up is I would say post-pandemic, right, uh, Netflix has looked a lot different than pre-pandemic Netflix. And I think a lot goes into that. I think the first thing I is the reason behind that is post-pandemic, right? I feel like they've sort of put a larger emphasis, um, especially after the rough year that they had this year, uh, last year in 2022, um, just because of their stock going all over the place. They stopped growing. I think it was Q2, Mm -hmm. Q4 of 2021. they basically stopped growing. So I think a lot of investors panicked and said, so has Netflix sort of like reached the ceiling? Um, And I think that has a lot, that had a lot to do with the type of year they had in 2022. They spent a lot of it sort of like explaining and reeling. And a lot of the decisions they made on the back half of 2022 into 2023 were things that they said they would never do, right? The first thing was they introduced an ad tier model, right? Like, now, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't even pay for my Netflix, but I know there's I an know, ad tier because for model. years I was the one paying for it. <laughs> I'm aware, and then I told you I can't do this anymore. I broke up with you. Um, but to be fair, in college, I think you paid for it, and then I, I did. I did for sure, yeah. for sure. But <laughs> I, I but Netflix had sworn that they would never do ads. Right? It was the yeah. it was the sort of like the thing that differentiated them from traditional media and traditional TV, you know, like cable and stuff like that. But then them ad dollars started drying up and they needed new streams of revenue, right? Mm-hmm. And so they they started introducing these different tiers, which is why people like all last year were crying that Netflix prices were going up, right? Because like yeah. they they realized they couldn't keep at the 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 lowest monthly price that they had um and i think that's one change that has definitely i i I mean at this point they're probably like six seven months into this and then the second one wait did they have they done this like they have because i don't pay i mean i I don't pay for the ad tier model but it does exist okay because i didn't i didn't know that and i feel like i haven't seen anyone talk about it like I'm on someone's Hulu. Well, Hulu, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I'm on, I'm on someone's everything. Um, except I'm not going to lie. That's me too. I mean, a lot of it's like my mom, but. <laughs> I pay for, I pay for the two that nobody else wants. Um, Which so, ones are those? Uh, I pay for uh, Discovery and I pay for uh, Peacock. Um, mm. I pay for those. Um, Cause you know, sometimes you just need a little mindless, you know, 
guys, what is it? Diners, drive-ins, and dives to like self. Oh, I used to be obsessed with that show when I was like, okay. And I worked, I worked for Discovery for uh, a few years, and so also I'm like, I got really hooked on some of their programming. So for me, it's like, okay, like you know, I'm like 15 seasons deep into a lot of their, a lot of their shows. But (laughs) and also to be fair, I would also like to say, let me just let me. I know we're gonna drag my former boss. But I would like to say, and at which point I will also personally anecdote drag it myself. But I also will say that uh, Peacock, I'm not Peacock, Discovery has a lot of really good original uh, like crime docs mm-hmm. uh, that nobody. I believe they, it. They get they they do stories. You know, sometimes it's like oh they're behind the ball, um, and you know they're covering something like Aaron Hernandez like five years after everyone else has. But like mm-hmm. they did an Army Hammer doc. They did like a like sort of like that show Glee and all the craziness surrounding it, Doc. So um mm-hmm. it'll be for that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. That's great context though. Right? I just I think it gives a context of what other sort yeah. of like streamers are doing. Um and that's what Netflix didn't want to do. Right. right? But I think they realized they sort of have to. Because um, I have there I have ads on both of those services. Yeah. No, um, yeah, for sure. I mean I'm also used to it now because obviously like I watch Hulu and like well, a minute and a half. Like I'll sit through a minute and a half of ads to get to the next scene of Snowfall. Right? But I think it, the it thing that's weird though, and like this was always my thing about why this just like didn't really make any sense, was like, oh well, the difference is Hulu takes a lot of TV that's been on regular cable linear TV. So mm-hmm. ad breaks are already broken into the show. But like mm-hmm. when you watch something that's a streaming original, I watched recently the show on Hulu. Actually, I really enjoyed this too. It was called Am I Being Unreasonable? It's like a short British uh-huh. series. Uh-huh. Um, the the breaks, I was like, this is not an opportune time. We're in the middle <laughs> of a scene. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> I was getting that locked off. Um, and I think that Netflix, I mean, they do acquire some content that's already been on TV, i.e. I was watching all of New Amsterdam for like two months. But mm-hmm. how do you deal with that when you're watching shows that they make or that yeah. they've made not recently? Because I'm sure that like production is accounting for, you know, storytelling sure. and editing. But like if you were to watch, I don't know, like Orange is the New Black with ads, like, yeah. Are you getting well, I know that that's a great point. I think the two things, obviously, I haven't had it. Now that you say that, I'm so curious if I can go like, I don't know, like sign up for it or something like that. <laughs> like maybe I can go sign up for oh, the ad. Not reading things, getting your dollars for research. Just so, just so I can see what it looks like. But I remember when they unveiled the, unveiled the plan, what they had said was the ads are going to be... I don't know whether or not that's still true, but they were just going to be trailers of other like Netflix mm. content that's coming as pre-roll. And then they would have mid-roll ads that are a mixture of like that are more traditional, which okay. is kind of like what Hulu does. But okay. to your point, because those old Netflix shows are not edited to mm. have ad breaks, like I, I, I'm also very curious now what that what that looks like. And I mean, um, also, you know, I think too, the thing that also has been interesting um, that I thought about is like password sharing, right? Like, did yeah. they, where did that land? I I swore that that was coming. They go back and forth on that all the time. I think what they've done is they've unveiled it region by region. I just don't know whether or not um, um, it's in America yet. Because what they had said was after the backlash is 
they're so to, to our point, right? That was sort of like another one of their solutions right. to sort of fix the we've reached we've reached a subscriber ceiling was to sort of cut back on this password sharing, and then people that get xed out will then get Netflix right. themselves, which I thought was wild because I don't know whether or not. Again, I always have this conversation with a lot of people, um, and we'll sort of do like a fun game after. It was like. If you had to let go of or keep just three, is Netflix part of the three streaming apps you would keep? Yeah. And I, the bet that they're making is, yes, they would be because Netflix sort of a, uh, like has content for everyone, right? And is more global than most of these other streaming apps are, which is mm-hmm. fair. But I, ju- I still think that was wild. I don't know whether or not I would have done that. Well, I think that it's wild because I'm like, have you ever met like an American family, right? Like, right. what happens, you know, people were like, what happens when my kid goes to college and they don't got no job? And so now right. I have to pay for two because they don't live in my house and they're not coming home. Or I saw yeah, it's crazy. who was like, I, I work on Netflix shows. And the way that this is set up is that like, you basically have to, at the time they had said that you would have to log in to your netflix on the wi-fi like ip you know address or whatever that's set up like with your account and so someone was like i i literally work in production for netflix so imagine i leave to go film something for three or four months i couldn't even watch the shows on my service while i'm working yeah Um, that's insane i'm just like the pandemic has changed that people are not living at home in one place anymore so now what do the nomads do you know like what it, okay. Fork up that six ninety nine. <laughs> like it's just giving <laughs> clown college. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. Sweet. <laughs> You've already embarrassed yourself. <laughs> you know, because yeah, you know. Well, this is not a history of Netflix podcast, but fun fact: when Netflix decided that they were going to switch to streaming back when they had the DVD model, they had two separate companies. And the original idea was that you would pay for two services, one to have DVDs mailed to you and one for streaming. And everyone ripped it to shreds. And then Mm -hmm. Reed Hastings, who has been with Netflix, I I actually believe he's a Um, co-founder. He's definitely still CEO. He got on the internet in this this blue button down and did an apology video, which wild for like 2003, right? Mm -hmm. Like direct camera, like windy background no production <laughs> and apologize for it and that video ended up getting even mocked on snl that year um so it's like th- there have been decisions that have not gone well for this company in the past so. that are on the mount rushmore of poor decisions not listening to your consumers and this definitely feels like this is another one I well to sort of cap Let's talk about the most recent trouble that they've been in. Literally last. Um, and this is fresh out the oven <laughs> to sort of add to their woes. Yes. Is this love is love is blind debacle. Yes. Uh, you want to tell the listeners what that is? Yeah. So I, love is blind aficionado, was out of resident last night. So I actually missed this in real time. But when I left, I was like, oh, the reunion was live at eight. It's midnight. I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to get the tea. I'm going to figure out what the plot points are I missed. 
I opened that Twitter app to nothing but people screaming and not about the content, but yelling at each other because no one could seem to get the video to load. And so some people were like, well, you have to refresh and click and it works for me. And other people were like, no, it didn't. I'm on nine devices. And essentially, <laughs> we had class warfare among the people ready to overthrow Netflix because this Love is Blind reunion was supposed to start at eight. And then they, they tweeted, Netflix tweeted, love is dot, 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 late. The reunion will start in 15 minutes. It and now, it, 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 well, love was late. Love was delayed. Love missed the flight. Love <laughs> has been detained <laughs> at the point of origin because it didn't come out until today at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Today being Monday. Monday, yes. So it has been, people are like, 17 hours so, of course, last night, as everyone is tweeting their frustrations, making their jokes, um, brands are getting in on it. Blockbuster yep, got classic. a lick in. Yep. Was like, Everybody was getting their licks. <laughs> we would never do this to you. Then the people are fighting, you know, about you. It just, it was a lot. But ultimately, you know, the lesson kind of learned here or like, I, I don't know if it was the lesson because it still doesn't seem 100% clear, like. It feels like it was a technical situation. Um, yeah, but I mean, they haven't really come out and said, but it probably yeah, because well, because because yesterday people were like, oh, it's a talent issue. Because um, again, I'm reading these tweets like four hours later, but uh, thanks to Elon and his crazy algorithm, I'm like seeing stuff, and I'm like, where is the tweets from two minutes ago? Is this <laughs> up or not? I don't need to see four hours. I don't need the full backstory. What's the present? But people were, you know, oh, they couldn't get some of the cast members because there was a very dramatic. Uh, it feels like someone might also be breaking several of their NDAs from being on this season kind of situation. So, mm -hmm. you know, speculated that maybe that was why. But, you know, ultimately when everyone is screenshotting their TV and is like, it's not here, it's not working. <laughs> and people are like, oh, somebody's getting fired for this. Uh, it definitely feels technical. And I think a lot of the frustration that, can, that, that viewers also felt, which goes back to some of what we're talking about, is people are like, not Netflix being late with this uh, reunion, but they on time taking this $9,000 like, <laughs> every month. Uh, and late. Yeah, I mean, late. Okay, late. I, I, could, I mean, I don't watch Love is Blind, but Tragic. it was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely um, the top of my timeline. Yeah. Um, and the whole time, I just kept thinking about, as, as they kept missing whatever deadline they had settled themselves, because they had said 15 <laughs> minutes later, and yeah. then they were like, just hold on for a couple more minutes. Like, it, it just kept, like, wasn't coming. Yeah. Um, it just was obvious that whatever it is that they wanted to accomplish by showing that they could do streaming, and obviously they've done streaming prior, I just think the lesson they're going to get out of this is just stick to what you do best. Um, and I don't know whether or not live television is something Netflix, again, it goes to our point about the state of Netflix right now is they're trying a lot of new things, mm -hmm. right? And a lot, some of them are going to work. Some of them are not going to work. And I think this was the most public failure yeah. the company has had in its recent memory, really. I mean, um, for sure. I, that I can think of. I think it's, well... 
I think public failure, it's not the biggest like frustration, but failure, right? Like, for sure. I think, you know, uh, there's a TV critic, Ashley Ray, who kind of was like, you know, it's kind of crazy. They had no problem with that Chris Rock live special, which basically now lets me know that nobody watched that live yeah. special. Yeah. Yeah. People just waited and yeah, watched they weren't, it. And when I, that's it was what I did. recording. Yeah, that's what I did. And that, you know, they did not have the bandwidth for this. And I think that, like, you know, people, as someone who does watch Love is Blind, like, Nick and Vanessa Lachey have every, every season, people have expressed frustration about them hosting this show. Um, They do some stuff that's a little cringy, some stuff that's, like, uncomfortable and weird. They're not really good at facilitating conversation. And so I think that, like, when people finally did start to watch this today, like mm-hmm. basically they're getting roasted on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram for all of the missteps of you that we finally got, you know, that people finally got to see. So it's like mm-hmm. a double whammy. You had all these people coming to see this thing. It didn't work. Now their expectations are heightened and the things that already were stacked against you, AKA like the chemistry of the host for this type of program were just further like highlighted when everyone was like, Girl, I'm finally watching this, and they are the mess. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. tomato, absolutely. Tomato. Yeah, no, I think this has just compounded um, what I think is a lot of headaches. Niggas mm-hmm. got fired. If I'm gonna put it blatantly, a lot of people <laughs> lost their jobs today. I mean, I'm not laughing because that's a, like public. That's public embarrassment. Oh, this is embarrassing. Sure. Blockbuster. I literally saw a tweet from Blockbuster, <laughs> and I said, "Who is running the account?" <laughs> Like who is on who's still employed? Payroll and how are they getting paid? This is great. I was like, maybe this is one of those. Oh, I bought a blue check and I changed my hand with a blockbuster. No, it was it was actually blockbuster. I, was like, I don't know what's going on. And I think the other thing too, right? Like this is another little a little segue, but it's also a tough week for for the flicks because there is a lot of beef <laughs> with beef. Yeah. And Ali, uh, Ali and Steven and, uh, you know, Netflix executives. And there's just been a big controversy around the show, which is why I was like, you know, don't shoot me the messenger for saying that the show, which I watched the day it came out, was great. It was good, yeah. Um, that aside, there's been some <laughs> shit. And it's, it's been getting a little crazy and zesty. And I think that, like, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, one of the... He's not only the lead, he's not only um, a major character, he's not a lead, but he's definitely, uh, you know, second billing, you know, second tier billing. Um, he, so. he also provided all of the um, artwork that are the title cards for each of the episodes. Um, everyone on this cast is like immensely talented outside of acting. And so they all their talents are sort of incorporated in other ways into the show. Um or not all of them, but several people. Um, and this guy, David Cho, a podcast has surfaced from him in 2014, um, basically admitting uh, sexual um, assault um, with, you know, capital R. Um, and I did not watch the podcast videos that have been going around, well, that were going around, um, but I did read an article that outlined um, outlined what he said from uh, mid like 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, when this happened. Um, but interestingly, or like what I, what I kind of didn't know, and this is kind of like, I don't know, I thought this is kind of interesting. David Cho is an artist, again, actor in the show. He 
painted murals in the Facebook offices. And Mark Zuckerberg at the time in the early 20, like 2000s, or like 2010s, Mark Zuckerberg didn't pay him in cash. He paid him in Facebook stock. And wow. then the company went public. And then he had like $200 million. And so I was completely unfamiliar with this guy, but it kind of now also clicks a little bit because apparently other projects, you know, people have wanted to do or like he's like been attached to, but then they're not really sure um, because people kind of knew that this thing was circulating because I guess it it was not a secret for those in the know. Um, But he is friends with everyone involved in the show, Ali and Steven, they made the decision to cast him. And a lot of people are, you know, basically slamming Netflix for, you know, giving this person this platform. And I did see a tweet that kind of did like send a little chill down my spine. Like, you know, he, you know, was in this show where my girl Junie, who's literally like five years old, like they have scenes together. You know what I mean? And someone being yeah, like, yeah, yeah. now you're having this man around this little girl. Like that's crazy. Um, yeah. And so there are screams of accountability. Allie's uh, uh, Twitter is private. <laughs> People, <laughs> they, they're turning off comments. David Cho and his lawyers basically, um, I, I don't know how this works, but, they basically are saying that that interview that he did on the video is copywritten material. Mm. Um, and so anyone who retweets it is getting, um, like DMCA strikes, legal action, um, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, uh, tweets are being pulled down. Um, so, you know, and Netflix has a lot going on. Like, it's a lot going on, man. It's <laughs> Love is Blind, Beef, which I'm like, they were going to, I'm telling you, they were going to, the Emmys was theirs 2023. Like, that was their thing. And now I'm Yeah, like, I'm curious to see how, uh, how well, they handle that. Strays. Sure. They're not even strays, but they are. Yeah. Some of these are strays, so. That's it's straight at crazy. It's crazy. Okay, we've spent too much time on this. We have so many things to talk about. And I'm like, <laughs> let me give you the history of Netflix, because... Honestly, the business is very interesting, but that's not what we're here. It is. It is. Um, I mean, the next one I wanted to talk about (laughs) is HBO Max. I feel like they've also been in the news quite a lot. I honestly, I don't even know if I should be calling them that. Um, But it's not quite that. You can still call them Max. (laughs) Quick context: Uh, Warner Brothers Mm -hmm. owns HBO, who unveiled HBO Max. Got bought out by Discovery and Friends. Gang, gang. <laughs> At the end of, I believe, 2021, they unveiled the partnership in 2022. Mm-hmm. So Discovery's boss became HBO's boss. AKA Taylor's so, former boss. David. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Mr. David. <laughs> um, so then they became Warner Brothers Discovery, um, which then meant, that at some point, David had said last year that at some point they're going to merge the two companies together. And that's um, corporate-wise and also content-wise. Um, and so I think last week or the week prior, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery sort of unveiled that they're going to drop the HBO from the platform and just call the platform Max. Now, a lot of the reason why... Warner Brothers got bought out in the first place is because Warner Brothers had was basically in debt, in a lot of debt. Um, and if a lot of people remember, there was this whole thing last year about how when David came in, 
He was trying to write down a lot of that debt and try to get this company to a place where it was viable. And so he started writing down a bunch of movies that he or and his team saw that he was like, well, these movies suck. They're not going to make any money. And so he just st- started taking tax write downs. Now, the reason why this is notable is because a lot of people were talking about this when it came out, especially the creators of said movies, the biggest one being Batgirl, obviously. And all of these movies and shows just started disappearing from the platform because he was taking tax write downs on them. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to 2023, the plan is to merge the HBO content and the Discovery content into one. Which I love. You <laughs> But I which, love it because which you the hate the it. Uh, the elitist TV in me is I cannot believe I have to watch Succession and Doctor Pimple Popper in the I same breath. Freaking love it! I'm like, guess what, guys? Give me like six months, and we'll be talking about Ninety Day Fiance. Because one day, Sincara is going to be like, I lost the remote. I can't find it. I'm and I'm three seasons in all of Barry, and then they hit me with one episode at the end, and now I'm hooked. And I'm like, yeah, baby, welcome to the good life. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll do a six month check in on what shows. Maybe I'll be watching Seeking Sister Wife or uh, I cannot believe and I. they like, have so many shows. Like I, know. I, I, I just like did a quick perusing through the Discovery content library, and oh my god. There's yeah. so much on there. Well, so sidebar, I was like my former boss, uh, and I was like, I'm going to drag. I worked at Discovery during 2020 during the pandemic. And when I tell you, like my team specifically on like what we did, we were being worked like horses because David Zaslav used to get <laughs> on these little town hall calls. And he basically was like, you know, we have a really adaptable business, um, what, you know, one thing that's, I actually thought this was like kind of cool. And I was like, this is actually going to give me job security in the moment of mm-hmm. season one of 2020 pandemic. But like we started, or sorry, discovery started sending like cameras to a lot of the homes of like chefs, right. Who do all the food network content. And mm-hmm. so they were really quickly able to take all of this programming and like yeah. kind of adapt to like stay at home orders and make it something that was fresh. That wasn't like, Oh, like, you know, I don't know. I'm thinking of an example, like mythic quest, which did like some zoom episodes, but like the time those episodes came out, like we were all already over it. It was done. Mm -hmm. Like discovery was able to flex in that moment. And like another thing that also I'm like, is to discovery's credit that David Zaslav brought up while he was working my fingers to the bone was that like, he was like discovery makes a lot of tv that's like like kind of like like predictable or like consistent like soothing mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you turn on house hunters and you know that these people oh i love that show you their house they're gonna look at three they're gonna pick one and then you're gonna get at the very end like the follow-up update like there are no surprises. what's that other one with the couple uh I'm like, which one? I, I personally love Hometown, okay? I love Hometown. Hometown is yes. my shit. Okay? I'm like, come on, oh. Napiers, Ben and Aaron. Yes. And they have two kids now. Uh, yes. I'm like, I love Hometown. Magnolia Network. So like, that was also interesting because like, when you think about how stressed and how uncertain everything felt in, in 2020, Discovery mm-hmm. makes a lot of content, TLC, Discovery Channel, Home, uh, HGTV, Food Network. Um, that's like good background TV. 
Yeah, for you're sure. not stressed. So like yeah. their content actually like I, I do think that people underestimate. They're like Discovery's dumb. Discovery's I do not. Stupid. I, yeah, I I know I I I said it, it's <laughs> TV, but I completely to your point. Yeah, and I'm sort of in the minor, minority here. I actually completely understand why David Zaslav is doing what he's doing. Yes, right. It's because while I love Succession and Barry and The Last of Us, right, those shows, rarely am I going to watch them again immediately, or are they background TV? Exactly. And, and, the, and the name of the game when you have streaming and streaming app is Time on App. Mm-hmm. And HBO is notorious for having the lowest Time on App, even though it has the, the most Emmys ever. Yeah. It's because... People watch those shows, but they only watch them on Sundays. So they mm-hmm. never again go back to the app. And so that's what they're trying to solve for. And I know that sounds, it sounds a way, right? And like part of the reasoning why they said they were dropping HBO from the name is because HBO carries that sort of like pretentious thing mm-hmm. that like most people don't care about. And like they felt as if that was sort of, if they had kept that and merged both, it would hurt the Discovery brand more than it would help the HBO brand. Which also means to me that the Discovery brand in the two is taking precedent. And which that, again, makes sense yep. from and a that, business perspective. That was my thought, right? Where it was like, we need to basically weaken our... It's, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous because you're kind of like, you're using your right arm to cut off your left. But like, yeah. I definitely understand that like, you know, like you said, like, I, I mean, I had never really thought about the time on app him and that makes total sense. But also, like, the cost of those shows is just astronomical. It's right. And I'm like, <laughs> the thing that's so crazy on the yes. other end is, like, with Discovery, like, TLC is the network that has, like, the like the weird, you're like, who pitched yeah. this and how I did know. we get here? Like, I know. those kind of feel like they're the most expensive, but, like, Guy Fieri does this show and it's called um, Guy's Grocery Games. And basically different chefs come in to a literal supermarket, like after hours, there are different challenges and you have to basically like race against the clock to shop the aisles, get what you need, cook. And there's like four rounds. Or watch that. It's actually, uh, let me tell you, in my house <laughs> in 2020, I was like, out. Okay. that was your bag, huh? That was your bag. Okay. Well, and it's, I mean, it's like, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of fun. It's like a little bit of the supermarket sweepstakes show meets cooking uh-huh. show. Plus he's there. But like the thing about that, that's so interesting is like, it feels like the big, the biggest financial expense for that show is the $20,000 prize that someone may or may not win at the end of the episode. Like yeah, they're sure. not paying astronomical location fees. They're not paying yep. astronomical fees. Like on a yep. show like um, white Lotus where you've got to fly out to you know, production and yeah, like, there's no cost. Like there's none of that. So like part of me is like, if we're merging these two things together, like we kind of need to get the pretentiousness, like we need to weaken It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. too much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It does. It does. I I really, I really do. I really see the vision. Um, Now, whether or not it pans out, which like, honestly, it actually might pan out, honestly, because what I think is going to end up happening is to your point, People are going to be watching their whatever show, like mm-hmm. Last of Us or whatever, and then they're going to get hooked on Magnolia Network. Right. And they're going to they're, they're gonna leave that on. The, people are just going to use the Max app, which is what it's being called now, way more mm-hmm. than they were before. 
which is again from a business perspective what has to happen for HBO to for Warner to even survive. And I think too something that I actually am not thinking about like I I open the Max app. It's not the the HBO Max. I, I open that several times a week. It's not the one I open the most, but I open it several times a week because I'm a big movie person. Um, and yeah, so they have a great content library of old movies too. And I and oh, let me I tell hope you, they keep that. let me tell you, my favorite genre of movie is the government is out to get me, and I'm running for my life, and it's the 1980s and <laughs> 1990s paranoia thriller. I'm not even kidding. Enemy of State. That's a that's a bag. Okay, the firm been That's there, done bag. that. The fugitive, I but I do think that like that. I do think that the, the thing that's kind of interesting about merging these two apps as well is that like they kind of have a lot of that um, they have very different libraries, but when brought together, it mm-hmm. will really balance it out. And I think that a lot of the like true crime programming feels like the overlap. So like HBO has done several like two and three part uh true crimes right like mm-hmm. the, the the gwen shamblin cult doc or um i love you now die um was a doc they've done and then on the other end i'm like yeah discovery has a chippendales doc that came out before the hulu adaptation um yep. they've done you know uh, like i said the army hammer stuff so i do think that like it we're talking a lot about the extremes right of like yeah. 90 Day Fiance and The Last of Us. I'm like, I do think that like in the middle of that spectrum, there is a lot of gray area. I agree with you. I think getting, once people see, like once the people who are like, I don't, what is a discovery like have to offer? Once they kind of see there's a little overlap, I -hmm. think people will simmer down. Yeah, no, I think you make a great point actually. Um, And mm -hmm. before, what I would say though is before it gets, before, what I'm getting from this currently from this conversation is before it gets better, I think it's going to get worse. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of the reasons why um, I think so is one, there's a strike coming. Um, And I think the, the strike is a byproduct of some of the things that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think on either side of the aisle of this strike is a cause and effect thing. And I think one of the causes of the looming strike from the streamer's perspective is they've done some bad overall first look, first look deals yeah. that they're going to look to get out of mm-hmm. during this strike. Um, yeah. The biggest one, I, I, Netflix has done like three big, I feel like that people know, is Ryan Murphy. Uh, first look deal, which has brought people like, which actually probably has done Netflix well. With it's Donna. probably the best first look deal. It's, yeah, it's probably like the best probably thing they they've done. No, which, I mean, I mean, all first look deals <laughs> all, across all the streaming services. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like it's definitely worth the money. All three hundred, three hundred million dollars <laughs> of it. <laughs> like because, like again, we talked about. I know people were so iffy on Dahmer, but again, people were watching it. Oh yeah, so, he is. He be putting Sarah Paulson and uh, yes. Evan, what's his name? He be breaking their backs with hard labor. Correct. Be, I'm breaking your psyche, but we cashing these checks. So, but in between the successful ones, they've been some that haven't been successful, and I think a lot of these streamers are gonna try 
to figure out a way to get out of it, right? I think the biggest one that I want to highlight is Amazon with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Of uh, Fleabag fame. Fleabag, a show that I did not watch. Me either. Who signed a first look deal in 2017, right after her Fleabag show came out, and has yet to produce anything out of it. Okay, well, wait, hold on. Put a pin in it. Why don't you explain what a first look deal is? Because before oh, great. you start streaming, people are <laughs> robbing your favorite streamers, and now you have to pay the price. Legalized bank robbing. Okay, so <laughs> a first look deal or an overall deal is after, in the layman's way I can put it, is after you become popping in these streets, mm-hmm. a network or a studio will come to you and say, hey, we would like you to exclusively make content for us for a a period of time. Think of it like a contract, like a sports contract. Like, hey, we're going to sign you for six years, 300 million, and somewhat, some first, which is why it's crazy Phoebe Wallabers hasn't done anything, because most of them usually have benchmarks. Right. Like, hey, by like year two, we should be here. Like, what are the shows that you're thinking of making? Mm-hmm. And so... N- this became really popular pre-pandemic. I want to say like two to three years before the pandemic when money was just being spent all willy-nilly in the streets. Right. Places like Netflix, HBO, well, Warner, and Amazon were scooping up, especially Netflix, the bigger showrunner slash writer names out there to come exclusively make content for them so people can go sign up for Netflix and subscribe to Netflix, obviously. And so Netflix went and got Ryan Murphy, Shonda Rhimes, another one of Taylor's faves, Kenya Barris, another one of Taylor's faves. You're a hater. Um, HBO, <laughs> HBO did HBO did Issa Rae, Lena Waithe, J.J. Abrams, um, and Amazon did Phoebe Waller Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right after Fleabag, which was a hit in these streets. Emmys were flowing. Everyone's happy. So Amazon was like, "Why don't you come make more content for us?" And we'll sign you to a four or five year deal for sixty million dollars or whatever it was. At the time. I think it. I think it's like. I think what it, it actually has been is like she had a. It was like one deal that was like thirty million for like three years or something like that, or like mm-hmm. three years for twenty million or something like that, and then the next three years, which they just renewed, was like another thirty. So like her total. Yes over these two deals has been 60. And one thing I would like to clarify or like add is that in some cases too, it's such as a first look deal. I don't know, like we're not like breaking into like the specifics of who had overall and first looks, but like sometimes a first look is just like you make something and before you send it to anywhere else, yeah, Yeah. we get to decide if we want it or not. Exactly, exactly. But then some of it is exclusive. Like I feel like Ryan Murphy's is exclusive. Like he's not making Ryan and Shonda are, um, and Issa's is. I don't think Lena was because Lena also has shows on Showtime. Showtime, Netflix. Well, yeah. Well, no, that would have been after. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, So that's kind of like what an overall is, and the reason why I I bring these up is again, if you if you're not aware, there is a writer's strike coming. Um, probably in the next month. I'm like this week <laughs> at this point by Friday um, and Carl will be watching 90 days. <laughs> uh, and again, I'm going to give a little breakdown on what this writer strike is, why it's happening yes. 
and what are sort of like the the players within the right strike. So we've just we've I basically sort of gave like a breakdown of the studio side. Now, from the writer's perspective, the business has completely changed from before Netflix to after Netflix. The first, the writers have a union called the WGA, right? And so the first deal with studios was signed. The most recent one was signed before streaming became a thing. And the way it used to work before is when shows, when writers would write on the show, and a show would re-air an episode, these writers would get residuals. Um, and said residuals would be anywhere from ten dollars to $13,000 every time a show would re-air, a network TV show. Enter streaming. Okay, wait, quick question. Is that yeah. like $13,000 for, for everyone to share or for all the writers? Writer. For the writer. Oh, so each writer. So like I write Correct. an episode or let's, okay, hold on, hold on. Like if you're the lead writer on Lost. I was about to say right? Lost. If you wrote right. the, if you wrote the episode of, of Lost, episode 805. Okay. Right. And episode 805 gets re-aired after it airs. Every time that show airs, a writer gets a lump sum of money called a residual. Right. So I just wasn't sure if it was like writer's rooms or not. So like I'm thinking about something like Seinfeld, let's say, right? Like mm-hmm. where that's something that like is a show that's like, or even like Law and Order even, right? Where like it's it's re-airing on, um, you know, the home network. USA and network. But then it's also, yeah, being re-aired on USA and USA yep. for years was nothing but like marathons. So like yep. I as a writer and like if I wrote, 10 episodes out of all of Law Order SVU ever. Like I'm clearing yep. very good money because USA right. re airing. That's how you make a living. But is it just me as the lead writer? If you, if your name is on the script. Okay. So any, anyone that's in the room for that contributed to that episode. Correct. Okay. That I think was where my confusion was. Like if I'm a writer's yep. assistant, but like, this episode, I really was like, or even like I'm Malia Obama and episode 805, <laughs> you know, is popping. Or no, episode like five was her episode of Swarm, I think. But like, yeah. if she was like, I helped with episodes two, three, and four, then like in theory, if that was pre streaming on network TV, she would get residuals for two, three, and four. And then her episode right. of five. Okay. Right. Got it. Right. Whew, just needed the clarity. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so the way it's worked now is with the entrance of streaming, mm-hmm. the amount of money that you get per residual has actually drastically decreased. Okay. Like drastically. Like I'm talking, we're going from 10 grand to hundreds of dollars. And a lot of that is because um, when the writers are writing for streamers nowadays, um, st- streaming platforms have, have, Basically, there is no such thing as like a, a residual right. in the same way because it lives in perpetuity on an app. Right. I can right. rewatch the same episode exactly. with girlfriends exactly. 19 times and it would be right. ridiculous for someone to be right. – because I, Taylor Davis, Correct. play. And if you as a production or as a writer, as a team, make fuss about it, they just take it off the platform. Mm. 
So basically, new rules have not been written about how writers should be compensated for this basically like uh, new phenomenon right. in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so like that's one of the biggest pain points of this strike. And another one is many rooms. So to Taylor's point, when something is being written, right, there are there used to be right an, a season of Lost would be let's say thirteen episodes. Hell, I think it might be more. I don't. I mean, it was, the girls were cranking out twenty two, which like twenty two episode seasons got lost. <laughs> right, they were like, so it would be like <laughs> a season was much longer. It back at, like ten years ago than it is now. Right now, a lot of shows are doing like six episode seasons. Yeah, it's and, and so the way networks, streaming networks, the way they're treating it now is they'll order scripts. But they won't necessarily greenlight the show. They'll just order a bunch of scripts from a mini room of like four or five people. And then they'll just sort of like shelve it. Right? right. Because then they'll they'll pressure people to get these scripts done for this show that hasn't been greenlit yet in less time and not airing them. So again, writers don't get paid. Or they air them way later. Then let's say I'm in six mini rooms for the year, mm-hmm. and like my show, actually none of those shows have actually gone live. So I'm only getting paid a small fraction of what I used to get paid. So I think to you know when we talk about mini rooms, I think the I have a friend and she's done mini rooms, and they mainly have been for stories that were intended to also be limited series, not full-fledged series Mm -hmm. right and i think that also like the added phenomenon of everything being this was an article that got turned into a podcast that now we're turning into a limited series aka the dropout and everything in between and it's Mm -hmm. like i do think that some of it too is like these are stories that people are fighting over yep or like they're trying to beat people to the punch and we've talked about wanting to have an episode on this. So like, maybe I'll leave it alone and not go too deep. But like, I feel like too, that also contributes to like why there are so many things that are like, it's the same story that you see on like yeah. three different platforms Absolutely. at once. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I follow a lot of writers. Um, and so everyone is screaming, like, I voted yes, I'm voting yes. Someone was like, I voted no, here's why. I was ready to like, I was ready to, I was like, tell me why. Then I opened the thread and I said, baby, you need to take this energy to work because you are writing a thread and I'm tired. So too many words, gotta go. It's it's happening. It's definitely, um, now we don't know how long this is going to last. Um, so the next part of this is what does this mean for you as the the viewer, right? And I think you? the the main thing, right, short term, is when this writer's strike goes live or becomes official, um, is the shows that'll be sh- like immediately impacted are late night shows because those shows have writers like every day, mm-hmm. um, and so like people come in like uh, your late night with. Stephen Colbert's and your SNLs, although SNL probably like write all its season and then there just won't be another season for a while, however long the writer strike uh, right. lasts. Um, well, hmm. Go ahead. I'm thinking. Um, 
So I'm like, it's funny. We're talking about late night and I'm like Googling in real time. Cause I don't, I don't watch really any late night at all. Um, what is the one? Watch Jimmy Fallon? I'm no. kidding. I don't watch it. I'm like, I get, I get, a, <laughs> I scroll right past on Twitter. Um, <laughs> what is, who's on Apple? Uh, I don't know. There's someone, someone has a. Is uh, it, what's his name that used to be on The Daily Show? Apple Late Night TV Show. Jon Stewart? Yeah. So I'm like, that feels different, right? Because that's yes. not a nightly show. Like, Yeah, I was more talking about like but traditional cable. Okay, because yeah, when you said late night, and maybe it's because I'm like, I think of the name and I'm like, he's late night, but then like, this is totally different. Yeah. But um, Because the same thing for uh, the HBO late night show that's on every Sunday. Oliver, right? John Oliver. That John was Oliver. the one I thought of. Like that yeah. feels different. Like They'll likely write that whole season, tape it, and then it'll come out, but the next season of that won't be written. And okay. will be late. So I'm going to ask a silly question. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we didn't get to all of our topics because I'm running my mouth. But um, let's say that, like, I'm in that room and I'm like, shoot, y'all need somebody to write something? You know what I mean? Like, are you trying to cross the picket line? That's, I don't know. Are people like, do people do that? You know what I mean? That's a great question. Is and that, cause I'm like, I think what I'm going to do, what we should do is when this strike is happening, I'm telling you right now, again, we the should bring in, gender we people. should get a writer in here to talk to us as a guest and yeah. ask all the questions. Because I think I'm going to work on that. I just am sort of like, you know, cause here's my thing, right? Like this writer strike is, it feels a little similar to the last mm-hmm. one in like the context of when it's happening. So the last one happened in two, in November 2007, and then it ended in February 2008. Now, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> if you are over the age of 10, you remember stress. You remember <laughs> global financial crisis, okay? My own personal current financial situation I refer to, it's giving 2008 in my bank <laughs> That's what I feel right now. And I'm like, I kind of feel like, you know, how long does something like this last when pressed up against like a greater financial concern? Yeah. And I think that because like, you know, the thing that also feels different is like last time this happened, we didn't have streaming. Yeah. 100%. When everyone goes on strike, they're they're not working for three months, but it basically throws off an entire Schedules. year of television. A hundred percent. And so that, like, yeah, like it's just, you're not going to have that as much with streaming. And then on top of that, like there were so many shows that just like abruptly ended and like mm-hmm. some of them were canceled and you're like, Ooh, girl, shaky nine episodes. And we got to just like accept it. Cause that's as far as they've gotten. But like mm-hmm. now we're in an age where like Netflix is like, we're splitting seasons in half anyway. Yes. <laughs> So yes. you finna get part one of whatever thing we got. And like, maybe they're going to now split. Um, like they have a new, um, what is that? Bridgerton spin-off mm-hmm. that comes mm-hmm. out May 4th about the Queen's character. And I'm like, maybe they say, baby girl, we cutting this in half. Cause they can do that. They're not yeah. beholden to. Yep. So how does that And change? you actually just answered the question I was going to ask you. Oh. Was <laughs> like, what is this strike going to mean for streamers? Yeah. And I think 
they've been ready for this for six months. And especially a place like Netflix, because they have such a myriad of product and content, Mm -hmm. to your point, they're going to split a lot of things up. They're also going to release things at a slower pace, probably. So, like, if they had seven shows coming out during the summer, they'll bump it to, like, three or four. So they can space things out a little bit more. Um, And so I'm very curious, to your point, does this strike last longer or shorter? My hot take, I think this lasts a year. Oh. Because I don't think... I don't think I don't think the networks are going to give in. I actually think they're going to use this as an opportunity to even get more. Now, question. You better saddle in with Love is Blind. <laughs> you better saddle in. I, I know. <laughs> I worry about myself. I better start watching Nutty Fiance. Okay, because let me tell you, there's like 15 spinoffs. You will be booked and busy for that next year. <laughs> Uh, but I'm like, you know, thinking about it and I'm like, okay, well, this is partially interesting because I'm like, well, this will help the, the discovery situation. Right. Like, because basically like, you know, like I said, so much of this is like, we can film this at home. We don't got writers. We can film this wherever. Like it, like, so the discovery side of the like discovery HBO, like conglomerate is like fine. I think Netflix um interestingly you know i had i saw a tweet uh maybe three or four weeks three weeks ago at this point four weeks ago that had predicted that beyonce would drop her visuals for renaissance Mm -hmm. uh, early april because she goes on tour you know next month and Mm -hmm. they were like that lady has a three project deal Mm. so she and she's only committed you know only fulfilled homecoming Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if I'm her, like, and I'm doing visuals, girl, we don't got title no more. So let me check this off, you know, yeah. over here on Netflix. So it's like uh-huh. Netflix will tap into other things as That's well. Yeah. Um, and I, and I also remember too, reading that tweet and being like, honestly, this might be Reed Hastings smartest idea if this is true, because as people are getting upset with the platform about pre- passwords and price increases, people will not be upset when Beyonce drops this, if this is what she does. 100%. And then my other thing that I'm like, okay, so those are like some of the things where I'm like, mm, the girls are not going to be bothered. But then part of me is like, well, something that I guess is a question is like, uh, that little dragon show y'all be watching <laughs> called House of Dragon. House of Dragon. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, like that show, I think just started filming. Yeah, it just did. So like, and I think that's a strike impact that. Well, they probably have the episodes written already. Yeah. But like writers are always, there's always a writer. You know what I mean? They ain't gonna be. Okay. So they said, whatever y'all print, whatever was (laughs) written is what's being shot. They have literally unplugged the fax machine, the printer. (laughs) There's no edits. You've been locked out of the drive. PDF files only. They're also also lucky because their showrunner is also heavily involved in the writing process. Mm, so and either so like, way. Oh, so no. They might be good. So now what you're telling me is we're going to get more Sam Levinson, Tyler Perry. I, 100%. I can write this all by my bad self and it's going to be yep. bad. Um, yep. Which is also funny as Tyler Perry's like gearing up to probably buy BET. Um, Tyler Perry said, what writer strike? I don't got writers. <laughs> 
said one thing. You know what? I'm gonna have content. <laughs> I keep a job because I employ myself <laughs> and myself only. He's like, I am the residual, please. <laughs> and if that man does buy a majority stake in BET, it's really over. It's <laughs> like, up and it's stuck. Okay, it's up and it is. Your auntie will be occupied. Do not worry. Honestly, <laughs> it's the smartest move he had ever done. I don't know why he hasn't done it already. Because he's over here fighting against Diddy. You know, I'm like Diddy. You'll pay for your crimes against culture later. Talking about the <laughs> band. Um, but we're not letting you have BT. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how this is gonna impact. I'm so that. curious. Yeah, I think I'm gonna work on getting us uh, during the strike. Yeah, uh, I'm, then I'm so gonna... we can ask questions. But uh, again, for consumers and you out there, you'll be fine for the next six months. You probably won't even notice. But um, then it'll be like a year and a half. Or unless you watch <sighs> uh, Late Night with Stephen Colbert. SNL. Well, you know what will be affected is like the next season of Abbott Elementary, depending on how right. long this goes. Right. So right. I think their finale is this week. Uh-huh. So the next season of that show might be not for another two years, depending on how long this lasts. Oh no, my girl. But then too, you know what is kind of interesting? Like this this is something that I listened to this podcast. Um, and we're not promoting other podcasts here, but, um, <laughs> we want your share yeah. of listening. Um, uh, they do deep dives on movies, right? Uh, they'll look back mm-hmm. on things and they looked back at forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I had never really seen. Cause I was like, this is not for me. And something that was really interesting that they talked about was like, this is a movie that, uh, comes out in 2008. The budget was not that crazy because a lot of the actors in it were people who had previously been like in, they either were breaking into the scene or they transitioned out of TV oh, into movies because, because they didn't have a job. Yes. So Sarah Michelle, what's that girl's name? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell, mm-hmm. um, the big one, and then Jason Siegel as well, right? Um, yeah. And so it's kind of this. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, so we might see a lot of that. We might see, you know, Quinta in a movie now that she's not running the show, right? Like, it doesn't mean that there's nothing. It just means that, like, you'll get, you likely will get some sort of flexibility, or maybe Mm -hmm. we'll even end up getting, um, and I can't verify the time on this, but in my mind, it's like similar, but like, you know, maybe we get another Issa Rae out of it, right? Someone who yeah, takes sure. time to work on their personal projects. And now yeah. it's even easier to like publish wherever, you know, YouTube or shorts or TikTok, you know, turns into things. So we'll see. I mean, we're at an hour. We had a bunch of other topics. I think we pretty much covered all of them. We did it. Um, if, you get no- if you get anything from this is <laughs> it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yes. Shit not looking good. It 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 is. Uh and <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll I'll be You'll, okay. Most people I feel like will be okay. Cause I watch a I lot of the range, the full yeah. range. You gonna be on Discovery anyway, so you sure got content. For I'm like, I <laughs> in my head I was like a new 90 day fiance the other way. Sorry, the 90 day fiance. Colon the other way came out last night. And that the thing about that, that show is an hour and a half. Like <laughs> look at that. Look at <laughs> we are not making the shorty. Okay, off that trivia yes. for you. Uh-huh. If you could only keep three streaming platforms, what would they be? Okay. 
I'm going to talk through it because um, this is off the mm-hmm. cuff. Mm-hmm. So what I thought I was getting kicked off of a Netflix account because of password sharing, I was like, if you are not the Netflix app, don't talk to me. I was not on any app but Netflix. I was like, what do you want to watch? And I was just like, let me bust through this content. Like, let me push through it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to watch something I've never seen before? There's 19 seasons of? Yes, press play. Um, almost started watching Peaky Blinders and I was like, this is not for me. But Oh, it's good. I, I didn't That's make it my very kind of far, content right so. there. Maybe I'll go back. But I feel like in doing that, I kind of am at this point where I'm like, yeah, like I really have seen a lot that they have to offer. And I was to- I was completely prepared to be kicked off. And I was like, I can go to a friend's house and watch Love is Blind in batches every Friday and keep it pushing. So I would not keep <laughs> that. Um, I would keep Hulu, which I don't okay. Um, okay. Because I think it's a nice mix. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I've been watching hoarders for the past week. Don't ask me why I can tell you why, but I'm like, they've got, you know, show from TV originals stuff. It's timely. Mm-hmm. We keep that. Um, I got kicked out of my Apple. I don't know what my mom was doing, but this lady closed the subscription and I realized I kind of missed it. Um, oh, wow. It's not a, it's not a uh, quantity, but it's a quality. You know what I mean? I That's fair. And so I, that. I am now back in on somebody else's account and I'm like, okay, let me watch Shrinking. Let me watch, let me finish Hello Tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to try to watch this Jennifer Gardner show. Um, so I do think that like when you got some stuff banked, I'd keep that. And then um, I think- I said three, girl. I know this. I know this too. I told you not Netflix. Mm-hmm. I keep Hulu. Oh. Oh, you're right. Apple. Uh-huh, uh-huh, also, uh-huh. I told you had to work through it. You know I'm chatty. Um, <laughs> and then... It probably would be HBO. Well, Max, or man. Max. Get it right. Max. I mean, the funny thing, too, is like when HBO... What, sorry, when what, whoever, David Zaslav was like, <laughs> we're dropping HBO and we're increasing the prices. I saw so many tweets of people, people being like... I'm not paying that much for that app. I'm just going to watch it through uh, Hulu or Amazon Prime because it'll be cheaper anyway. And I was like, face palm, you dodos. Little do you know when you go to get that next bill, there will also be a price increase there. They will increase that. Those prices too. Um, I was like, not y'all thinking oh, I'm going to log in through Jeff Bezos <laughs> to save money. No, girl. Jeff is getting his cut as well. Um, that ain't finna happen. You got to give McKenzie uh, that money. Um, so, yeah, I think I would keep it, though, because they've got a great movie library. I also just watched all of Veep for the first time. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? That's my long way. I'm a simple man. <laughs> Netflix, Max, Hulu. Bam. Wow. Okay. Off with the other ones. Netflix, I probably open every day because, first of all, the user experience of Netflix beats everyone else's. I'll give you so that. it is so fast for me to open Netflix, scroll through real quick, see what's out, see what's new, see what's coming out of the app in literally two minutes <laughs> in a flash. But that's a, but that to me, red flag. You're opening it every day for two minutes. You're not watching anything. Well, no, I I could definitely watch stuff, but I I I love doing because I'm a I'm just a content whore. I just just knowing what's out there because like 
they add new stuff all the time. And I also like like yeah. to peek on the trendings, like oh, the top I, tens. And oh, like, I love the I love the like worth the wait coming next week. Coming I know this week. I know. <laughs> um. Also, okay. Uh, Max, because we already know I'm elitist. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. I don't even want the next. next. Uh, I'm elitist, and I'm not even going to hold you, but I'm kind of excited for this Discovery content because I watched all the house stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Whoa. Magnolia networked me up. Well, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Let me, like, let me see. I will take it. I, I will take it. And so just the fact that now, I actually think they just added so much value to that app. Right? Yeah. Because I'm not even going to hold you. I'm, I am a, how do I say this? I, uh, I'm pretentious about my content, but I will acknowledge that HBO only serves like a certain purpose. Yeah. Right. It's, you want to watch a movie that's probably pretentious, a show that's going to win a lot of Emmys. And if I'm being honest, as much as I stay in HBO, I don't open that app as much as I think I do. Okay. Being realistic, right? Like, yeah, realistically. But I will keep it now. What one, it has added value. Two, like, I want to watch all my shit, and I'm not gonna give up The Last of Us of Succession on my Dragon Show. Even though you're not gonna get the last. Well, Succession is over. Yeah. Um, you're not basically. Last of Us not coming for another two years. I was gonna say, please, two years. That's right. That's right. You're gonna say, baby, be for real, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, good luck with that. Better go uh, that video game and call it a day. <laughs> and Hulu. And I think to all the points that you made, right? Like, I watch my Abbots on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost said Peacock because uh, I'd be watching a lot of uh, shows on Peacock, too. But Hulu, definitely. What do you Because I get to watch, like, TV on there. What do you watch from Peacock? I was watching uh, that new show. Uh, what's that show Poker called? Pokerface? Yep. I know you. I know you like the back of my hand. You really do. Oh, sis. I'm <laughs> I'm easy. There's so many shows that are like kind of new. I was like, Real Housewives Girl Trip, not it. <laughs> the Trader with I'm Coming, not it. You know damn well I'm not watching any of that. But I know that this man is watching a Ryan Johnson original with Natasha. My voice is raspy. Killed. What's always raspy Leon? Killed. Yeah. Emmy's Leon? coming. Emmys coming. I watched that pilot like four times and was like, bro, I got Loved go. it. No. Oh my God. What TV? I said, no, somebody on set, listen, <laughs> I give this lady a rest and a break because I can't, I can't. <laughs> it's too much. So yeah, I'm easy. Those are the three I would do. Um, it's, if, with those three, I feel like I would be fulfilled content. Well, brace yourself. We're getting uh, new reality shows on all of those networks. 100%. Uh, I already know. Always going to be to watch. And I'm like, wow, are we going to do an episode where, oh my gosh, wow, where I make you watch an entire season of a new, uh, of a reality show that you wouldn't have watched? Honestly, before, I'm not going to have a choice. But are going to be forced to because of it. And then it's Sankar, I interview you about what your thoughts are on the oh ultimatum. I'm already dreading that. <laughs> It's, well, listen, we're getting a, a new season of The Ultimatum. Everybody's queer 
it's giving a very messy and I'm going to, we're going to do a Q and a of me and you maybe cause you're not have anything else. <laughs> oh, did you watch it yet? You're like, no, it's busy. I'm like doing what? Cause it was uh, right. Right. <laughs> not like I got anything new to watch. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. So good conversation. Um, yeah, let's try to get a writer. Yes, I'm good. I'm definitely going to work on that. Let's do that so we can, I can have all my little uh, writer strikes for dummies questions. Because <laughs> uh, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the current sentiment is because Twitter is, everyone, I'm like, people <laughs> going on strike from writing. Y'all are about to be <laughs> blowing up these tweets when you are on strike. And I do not look forward to that. All right. Well, thanks, friend. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye. Bye.